Throwback Horror Fans of the Weekend Horror Podcast, the only podcast where the lucky ones die first. This week we're covering select horror films released from December 27th through January 2nd. Thank you so much for joining us on the final episode of 2020. I'm Eugene, and with me today is Johnny O and JL. Well, that's supposed to be Johnny's salutation. It is supposed to be my salutation. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> uh, my bad, guys. Hi, everybody. It's Johnny O. <laughs> That's what happens when you forgot to peruse, a, pull the script up. <laughs> this is the joy of going live. Hi, everyone. Hey, horror fans out there. Uh, JL here. <laughs> bless. God bless America. Uh, <laughs> give us a second while I get everybody back in the old show. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, this is good times. <laughs> These are good times. See, this is what happens when internet goes crazy. I don't know what's going I'll on. I think they're working internet, on. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I, my whole my whole system just crashed on me. Not system, but the internet just crashed on me. I think they're working on. It's AT and T. They fucking suck. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So everybody, I, everybody dropped. It was just me in the little Perfect. corner. I was all by myself. And I went and looked at OBS Ninja, and there was nobody in OBS Ninja. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's good now. We're good, right? I hope so. I was trying to log in or uh, trying to pull up the, the uh, whatchamacallit, on the old tubes just to make sure. And then I guess I shouldn't have pushed that button. Because everybody left. Oh, no. Well, it's still your line. I know it. I know it. Here we go. Sorry. Okay, yeah, just because he, he says we're still good. Okay. Thank you, Jessica G. I apologize for my ineptness. I'm back. You can restart. We are restarted. Yeah, here we go. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see here. Yes, uh, for Weekend Horror Abattoir, we grabbed a content creator, someone who never watches horror films, give them the full Weekend Horror treatment, and whatever's left, we bring them in on to get their take on the horrors they saw. Yes, and for this first abattoir, we have YouTube personality, a great member of the debunking community, and a member of the Forebearsmen of the Apocalypse. Uh, you know him, you love him. Irish fucking demon is in the house. Hey, hey. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a complete noob with horror movies. I, uh, <laughs> I do enjoy movies. I get mocked quite frequently for my lack of knowledge of movies, despite the fact that I actually did study film and TV production which is kind of ironic, but uh, that's a whole other story. Uh, yeah, horror movies have never been something that I've kind of gotten into. I think the only horror movie I've ever watched was uh, Wrong Turn, the first one. And uh, yeah, thereafter, it just scares me too much, man. It, you know, it freaks me out. So he wants to like this. Yeah, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. I'm, I'm that kind of guy that oh needs to get God, up and go to the toilet like eight legs. times. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? You know what gets me? Like, I'm 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 just there. I'm trying to chill. I'm relaxing on the couch, and then somebody just like, blah, 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 on the screen, and I'm like, "All right, turn this shit off." I'm, I can't do this. This is too scary. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Awesome. It's let's good take stuff. A look. Before we jump into our previous week anecdote and our previous week anecdote, let's take a look at who is in the chat. Who is joining us tonight? We've got 
Historical Philosopher is in the live chat. He was first in line. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Jessica G, the stream queen herse uh, herself. Jessica has taken it upon herself to stream, and I'm talking motherfucking stream, horror marathons in the Weekend Horror Discord for our entire community. And I'm talking like 12 hours straight. So this girl, awesome. she is kicking ass. She is one of the, yeah, she's been a supporter of Weekend Horror since the very, very beginning. And she loves bringing everything that she's got, her whole collection, straight to our Discord community. So if you want to check it out, join those big ass streams that we're talking about. I mean, she, I think the next one, she's showing all of the paranormal activities. So it's going to be fantastic. So definitely check those out. Uh, we've also got uh, PhD Tony in the house, another member of the Four Beardsmen. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Roberts, hello to you. And I hope everyone is having a happy is going to have a happy holiday. Happy holidays to everybody. And oh, Crafty Tequila. There's Crafty Tequila. And I wore I wore my Black Phillips shirt for you, Crafty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wore the Black Phillips shirt just for you because I know you love them. And then, of course, that's what we've got. So we'll see if anybody else pops along. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. So uh, first things first, we do have a new patron. Mm -hmm. And it's so mm -hmm. awesome because I literally just said her name. Crafty Kila, a new patron of The Week in Horror. Thank you so much. And we appreciate your support big time. Your movies, your horror movies are coming to you soon. So I hope you do enjoy them. It's kind of a mystery grab bag. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you dig those. Um, and, uh, we have another trivia prize to give away. Um, we're going to, I'm going to do everything I can to make this a regular thing for our live shows is that we've got a limited edition shirt. And I think, uh, Eugene is wearing it right now. Oh, yes, actually. So you are, let's see this. Earlier today. <laughs> we yes, go. man. So we are giving away to our trivia winner at the end of this. We will ask a trivia question and to the winner of that. Uh, yep. And, uh, for, uh, for the winner of that, we will get a, an official limited edition uh, Weekend Horror t-shirt. We will give it out before it leaves the T-Spring store, probably for the future. We don't know. But I know it's leaving at the end of the month, so it's through the end of the can year. You make it leave, can you make it leave after the beginning of next month, uh, like two weeks into the, the next month? You want me to hold it over? Just for a little bit. Oh, just for those people who get Christmas money? Just for those people who want to buy one but can't get one right now at this very moment in time. Let me ask the chat. There's not a lot of people in the chat. Uh, let me ask them. Give me a one if I should increase the amount of time. Should I extend the limited edition Weekend Horror shirt with the, with the awesome artwork? Uh, should I extend that? Or a two if the cutoff is the fucking cutoff? And you're so don't, be, don't be a Nathan Thompson, people. What is it? So we got one if we extend right and two if not. One if we extend one, it. One to two. extend two, two to become Nathan two. Thompson's bed buddy. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, it looks like everybody is yes. Everybody's saying one. All right then. So are we saying two weeks? Yeah, just so some people, not naming names, will have the opportunity to purchase one. Okay. For anybody who's not able to purchase one now, but would like to, we will officially extend the time we have the limited edition Weekend Horror shirt till the end of January. One more month. One How's more that month. How's that sound? All right, cool. So we'll do that. I'm excited. One more, yes. one more month. 
Let one more month, we'll have it in. Then we'll have it in our Teespring, and yep. not just a T-shirt. You will also win one of our official Weekend Horror coffee mugs. I've got one of those. Yes, you do. And I believe my friend, uh, our friend uh, Cody, who is uh, kind of on the uh, back end uh, assistant to his show, uh, Cody will, has also gotten one, and they look freaking amazing. Yeah, I, I love, I love it to death. So we I have to say that there's only uh, there's only one cup. That tastes almost as good. I mean, the coffee. When I drink coffee out of this cup, it almost tastes as good as when I drink coffee out of my Star Wars cups. That's that's saying something. Sweet, almost, almost as good. You're just like, mm, I hear the screams of horror films. Exactly. <laughs> it's mm. almost as good as the skulls of my enemies. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, we will be giving away a limited edition shirt and a weekend horror coffee mug, official weekend horror coffee mug. I uh, we will send those directly to you uh, for the winner of tonight's trivia question. So I look forward to that. Man, oh man, don't, don't miss out. Don't miss out. Yeah, don't so miss out. I, Pay attention. So I have to admit, because this is the abattoir, because this is something new that we are doing, and. I do. I, do, I wasn't one hundred percent sure how to how to kick this thing off. I wanted to start kind of easy. I didn't want to just like you know take Irish Demon and throw him <laughs> in the bat of blood like in House on Haunted Hill and just say, "Ha!" You should ha, have. You know, I, I probably should have, but I didn't. I gave him a kind of increasing extreme of movies. It started off really, 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 really easy, really soft, kind of like Goosebumps, Alone in the Dark style, and then it just increased. And there were four films. He watched all four of them. And uh, this is going to be a lot of fun when we go down this thing. So, um, uh, what do you say we we kick? Uh, what do you say, Johnny? What do you say we kick this pig? Let's do it. Yeah, kick this pig. Very good. I like that. Yeah, let's go. Uh, and let's do it. Pig. Yeah. I can't make a pig noise. Sorry. <laughs> uh, here we go. Back in 1990, we had an American horror comedy anthology film called The Willies. It was written and directed by Brian Peck. Starring Sean Aston. Yes. I never know how to, is it Aston or Austin? It's, it's, it's I don't know. Aston. Aston. Like he's he's an ass. He's an ass. Yeah. yeah uh, it is uh, what three? No. How many? What is it? We got the prologue. We got bad apples. We have an interlude. We have Flyboy. The epilogue. So I guess really three uh, three stories with um, three yeah three framing narratives. So yeah. Uh, three different. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Three different shows. Uh, let's see here. You know, it starts out camping out. We have Tennessee Fricassee, uh, Haunted Estate, and Poodle Souffle. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Bad Apples, uh, Flyboy. It's just a look. It, when it comes to fun horror anthologies that you can show to your kids, uh, The Willies is fun. So, this was the first one that we gave to Irish Demon. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, ID, what did what did you what was your takeaway on this one, to, 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 um, of the of the four that we watched? Well, in a in a word, it was awful. Like the <laughs> no, no, that's not quite fair. Yeah. In a word, it was awful. <laughs> Look, um, the first that's more than a word, actually. I, well, yeah, it's a good point. I got to say, right, the first, the stories were brilliant, right? So the first story was, um, so so first there was the kids in the uh, in the, the uh, forest. Um, that was, uh, you know, as a, I, I was a child actor. So, I mean, as an actor, that was awful. Like the, the acting was atrocious. Like, hey, little Jimmy kind of stuff. And it was just, oh, it was horrible. 
But then the first story was actually acted quite well. The um, the boy in school with the uh, the custodian turning into this like child eating monster and stuff like that. Um, I I felt like the uh, the teacher was unnecessarily cruel. She was a horrible horrible woman. But uh, when she got dragged up through the vent and the blood started pissing down, I was like, "Yep, this is my kind of movie. I like this. This like <laughs> it, was, it was a good soft start. I gotta say." Um, it. I thought the guy who played the uh, custodian was absolutely brilliant. I thought he did an awesome job. He he just hit the nail on the head with it. Um, then there was the Flyboy story. Um, at first, I was like, "What in the name of God is going on here?" But I actually okay, really okay, got. I, into have that to, I have to. I have to ask. That kid was fucking extreme. Like that. Like oh, the, the Gordy was. Dino, <laughs> was that not creepy as fuck? Oh man, he was he was a beast. Like Gordy, Gordy was that kid's name, and like he he was badass, man. Like he he did not care what anybody thought. He was like, yeah, he was just like even his dad. His dad was like this horrible guy calling him a fat boy. He was just based. Am I allowed to swear on this show? Yeah, you fuck yeah. Oh yeah, what? he was like. Fuck yeah, fuck Can you watch your fucking yeah. mouth? This is a fucking kids show. Yes, sir. Um, but fucking yeah, his hell. dad was like. Oh, this fat little shit is never going to amount to anything. The kid just turned <laughs> he's basically just like, fuck you, dad. I'm going to go play with my flies, motherfucker. Um, but yeah, it was it was a weird story. Um, the production quality was much better than I thought it would be. Um, now, the, the monster in the first scene was a bit, obviously, you know, not very good in terms of... Um, what would you say the graphics or whatever? Was it a graphic or was it? I, I wasn't sure if it was like stop no, motion or no, puppet uh, or what. Yeah, that, that would no that that was it was actually a combination puppetry and actually an actual person. So whenever you saw the head oh, okay. and kind of like the neck and the, the torso of it, that was all done. Because if you'll notice, there were moments when you you saw the body but you couldn't see the arms. It was just kind of there. It was like right. so yeah. that was puppetry. But in close ups, you had the head, which was still the puppet, and then you had somebody underneath it. Uh, kind oh, of like, uh, okay. like off frame with with their arms done up to look like the monster, so sense. that you still get like the the finger articulations, and it makes it look more real. Yeah, we call that practical yeah, effects. I, yeah, yeah, it was all practical. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually I even when like when Gordy had his arm when when Gordy had his arms chewed off by the uh, that was awesome. By yeah, the, yeah, by the like, giant it, it was kind of funny though because <laughs> when he got his arms chewed off. It was so clear that he was just like this. Like, you could literally see, like, his... <laughs> it's like, how did you think it's so big so fast, dude? But yeah, it was, uh, no, overall, it was, it was really fun. It was a really fun movie. And, and you know what? The interesting thing about it is finding a kid like that in those days would not have been easy. Like, in the early 90s, kids just weren't that big either. And, and certainly not confident enough to act like that. So I thought he, he did an awesome job. Um, I don't know if his, was his speech impediment real or was that acted? I'm not sure. That I we don't there. talk about that. Yeah, I, I, wasn't yeah. able, I wasn't able to find any details on it. I think it, yeah. it, it was so, it, it was so natural. It, the kids either like, super or, but I, I honestly thought that was the way that was his, his own speech. Impediment. Yeah. Which I, I think look, if it, he acted that, that's really good. If we're like, yeah. we don't know if it's real or not. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm thinking. Cause like it, what I liked about that as well was, uh, and similarly to the, um, oh my God, my brain has gone numb. The, what was the, the one with the guys in the forest jail? Mm. Oh, um, 
Oh. Uh, the Night Feeders, was it? Oh, that was the uh, uh, Night Feeders? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so similar to that, I like the fact that the, the main characters were just very real. Like, you know, an overweight kid with a speech impediment rather than just your typical Hollywood-looking kid. The same with the other one, you know, the, the kind of semi-illiterate, older, southern guy turning out to be the hero at the end of it all. It's just a nice change from, like, um, you know, that chiseled Hollywood look, essentially. So I, I I know that's not the horror movie element of it, but I actually like that it was a little bit different. Um, but, yeah, I really, really liked that I one. Did I, like, I did like that you – I did like it. I did like in the bull in the bullies one in the for the bad apples one is that <laughs> you met I know the minute you watch that you message me that this kid Danny is a beast he just yep. fed his enemies to this and he just thing. stood there I, I, like he slips out of the bathroom and then he pushes the locker over to block the door yeah. so they can't was get the, out there was the water fountain yeah. He pushed like, like, yeah, oh, cool. <laughs> like, And then he's like, oh yeah, fucking enjoy that bitch. Tie me up now, bitch. And yeah, so I was really like, oh my god, it's pretty brutal. And then they did this close cut into his face, and he's just like completely like stony. I'm like, what a beast, man. That kid's a beast. <laughs> But uh, that story was fun, actually. And I like that it all took place in a really small set. Um, it reminded me of my stage days where you have, like, very little room to work with. And, yeah, I, the, the three bullies that they chose, uh, it was like they pulled bullies straight out of, like, Saved by the Bell or something. And it was like, hey, what, what does a bully wear? And it's like, uh, yeah, that was a bit cringe. But, like, you know. It's like the bully with the fucking like skull and crossbone shirt from like uh, Toy Story or whatever. But other than that, it was it was fun. It was really really fun. Uh, I'm guessing it didn't have a huge budget, did it? <laughs> well, it no. was hard to find some information on the film. I don't think. Yeah, there was. I'm assuming a small budget. So the the thing mm. that got me, well, I'm glad that I'm glad that you that you enjoyed at least parts of it, though. Yeah, but uh, oh like yeah, I wanted okay. to start you off kind of. So, I wanted to throw you a softball. So the one thing that that struck me and what got me on this is that, and it leads to some questions because I wasn't able to actually find a ton of behind the scenes information about this because there had to have been some sort of, uh, there had to be some sort of like marketing or or, or you know marketing uh, strategy you like because number one it's got Sean Astin in it. So he's like at the time that he's mm -hmm. he's post Goonies, um, he's already got a bunch of work on his belt, and he's related to uh, John Aston, who was uh, the original um, Gomez in uh, the Adams family, same family. So you know Sean Aston is there. He's the, he's obviously the biggest name star that they've got, and then of course there's a couple other individuals we see them crop up. Yeah, we've seen them. You know, be you know, just be roster actors here and there. But the thing that got me the uh, was in the Didn't Gordy they have Kurt story, Cameron in it. In the Gordy story, yes. In, in the Flyboy story, fucking uh, Growing Pains shows up. Mm. So like he was like because he, he's having a dream and he dreams that you know he's that he sees an episode of Growing Pains on the TV and then Kurt Cameron and Tracy Gold from the show uh, are there. So they cast him to be in this and and at one point Kurt Cameron you know directly addresses it through the television and so maybe it was a timing thing or I'm not sure they attached the names to these because at the time Growing Pains was a massive show on television so I thought that was weird 
having that kind of cross promotion thing. And I couldn't find anything behind why they would do that other than to try and just market the film a little bit better. Yeah. But I, and it did not get past me the joke because at the beginning of the movie, during the framing narrative, they're trying to tell gross out stories and gross each other out. And Sean Astin says, I've got one to tell you, uh, but I don't think you're going to, I don't think you're going to believe it. And he's like, and the, the, the other kid is like, Oh, it's not that one where you and your friends found that uh, pirate ship in a cave. Is it? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. so, and I was like, I had to stop and be like, hey, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, given, given the, I mean, given the time, this was this was a few years after uh, after the Goonies. So I'm just kind of kidding that it was just weird seeing these individuals show up in a film like mm. this. So established you know, names, which was odd. There was um, there was one part in it. I don't know if it was like intentionally bad or what, but. Where the lady eats the fried rat, and it starts like zooming in and out of her head. Was that in, like it was that like overly dramatic, intentionally bad? I wonder, or was it just a poor choice? No, that's a uh, that's a throwback to uh, to literally early old movies. school, like oh, oh, to early films, to early horror films, where it would be the ah. uh, duh, yeah, like that that whole thing where the camera yeah. kind, of, kind of comes in. It's just an old throwback technique. So yeah, Got it was something. It's. It's weird looking at it now, but back then because it makes all these callbacks, yeah. you know, and these these references are super fresh at the time, and then to us it's like it's weird because the older the film gets, the less people will actually get the reference. But I'm pretty sure there are people listening to our podcast who've never seen Real Things. And this is true. Like, yeah, you know now they just know Kirk, they just know Kirk, they just know Kirk Cameron because of his Ray Comfort, you know, bananas thing. Yeah, the whole Kirk Cameron because of his uh everybody's gotta believe on Jesus. <laughs> so but yeah, at the time and uh Kirk Cameron was He's doing different about. kinds of horror films now. Yes he is. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, at the time he was he was legit like one of the biggest like one of the biggest T V stars out there. Um, you know, pretty much the one of the one of the controlling interests on grow on that show Growing Pains. So it's, you know, it, it, it was strange. And I really, do, um, and at the time that this came out, because this is 1990 when this hit, and uh, anthology films were kind of a thing. They'd become a thing in the 80s. It was like, let's tell multiple stories and, you know, have the framing error. And this became more common because as technology got better, we could set up story, we, we could set it up visually better because camera cameras got better and you could you could move and as uh productions got more uh got more technical and more advanced they were able to do it a lot more efficiently so we got more of them and of course horror stories are always you know whether you know, like tales from the dark side the movie also came out in 1990 um it did seem like it was a it was a decade of the anthology yeah and Ooh. unfortunately i think that this one while it was very goosebumps you know Mm-hmm. Are you afraid of the dark? You know, they're, yeah, they're, it seemed it seemed a lot like that eerie Indiana. And what was yeah, the other exactly. one? Um, uh, it came on right after Eerie Indiana. It was supposed to be a little bit more serious. Oh, it's been so long. It was like was thirty years ago. Or, yeah, it was a long time ago. So you know, and, and yes, yeah, anyway, uh, anyway. So, uh, Sir uh, Little Wolf says in the chat, you know, stuff like you know, Creep Show, Creep Show Two. Um, all of these, uh, you got you got things like Cat's Eyes, uh, Cat's Eye, yeah. stories, mm-hmm. uh, Twilight Zone, the movie. Like you just, you just had this thing of just these anthologies that just came out. They were just big. They they kind of trailed off kind of in the early '90s. And I, I like to say 
maybe with the as more short films became more available out there, a lot of these could be separate things and it can be a little market for it where because you with these with these anthology films, it's like you can come up with a story, but you don't know if you can flesh it out for an entire 90-minute feature. And so that way you can go like, okay, well, I can do three or I can do four 20-minute films or four 30-minute films, have a little narrative. The cat goes from house to house or something like that. They kind of tie it together. That way I get these little snippets of these little stories versus one story, one group of characters. You have to follow them all the way through. So I, I, that's why I'm, I'm a fan. That's a that's a big thing because if, uh, for any people for any people interested in the chat or any of our listeners out there interested in, like in filmmaking, the, the best thing about anthologies, the reason they were so popular, and you definitely because is that it's also a matter of a budget of budgeting and scheduling because scheduling mm-hmm. people for an entire film that that you shoot for like it's going to be like an hour and a half to two hours long. You're basically sucking up people's time for almost you know uh, a month a month to two months. And everybody's got to be on point. Everybody's got their schedules. And it, it can be the logistics of that can be very, very hard. When you do an anthology, that means you have set individuals for your framing narrative. And the framing narrative is only like 20 minutes, which means I only need them for like a, a two weeks, maybe three weeks. Okay. And I can and I can space those out. And even if the framing narrative is very limited, that means I'm shooting on one set and I've got these guys, they've got their lines, and I'm only shooting at like one or two angles. Like in this particular one, that whole framing narrative with the three kids in the tent and then the uh, the dad, you know, the the dad comes in there, checks on them at the end. That was a, a dark set that was one location, one tent, one camera with a with some zoom-ins to get your close-ups, and that's it. And as long as the kids know their fucking lines, you're solid. You can knock that out in a week. And then you can yeah. just let those kids go. And then you can work on your next one. And this makes budgeting and scheduling very, very easy. It, it does because a lot of times, if you want big names, say like Kirk Cameron at the time, actors get paid by the day. Yes, you have yeah. them for X amount of days, so you can keep his if you keep his stuff to one day of filming. He can come in, knock out all his lines. You save so much on budget stuff, so much. Yeah. And with a, and a lot of these films. Like some of them maybe maybe even use like multiple directors, or they'll have like a second unit, so they can even be filming maybe two of these stories at the same time, and it works because they're not using the same sets, they're not using the same actors. Yeah, and so some that's films a, that's will a, do one at a time, some films, uh, other films will do it for the same time. Oh yeah, and given the fact that the that the growing pain shot just for that very very small scene when they're looking when he's looking at the television in his nightmare, uh, that was on the set. So most likely the producers of this one were probably producers or executive producers on the actual TV show. And if that's all, all you really have to do is just catch them, because uh, not not every even though you're maybe scheduled to go a certain amount of time, you're a lot of times on a TV on a TV set you may not use all that time. Because something may get delayed, or something, uh, or you may finish early. You maybe you knocked it all out, so you can work in in those kind of open spaces an opportunity to film something else, and that that mm-hmm. and that can fall into that day. If you can fit that into that day, boom! Then you just got to pay them for the work. That, especially if the production company is the same, you can fit that into that paycheck and be like, and you're going to be credited for this. Maybe we'll give you a little bonus, but you can feel if you. I mean. Given that, that makes it super, super easy and also reduces budget because a movie like this is not going to be a, a, not going to see a huge ROI. You know, you, the return on investment is not going to be big. It's just going to be, there you go. Oh, hey, look, it's Kirk Cameron. This is popular. And then it may spread a little bit of word of mouth. And that's pretty much it. 
Yeah, exactly. If you they're sitting there, they're spending say five hundred thousand dollars or say one million dollars to make it. If they come back and turn around three or four million dollars, they're going to be happy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, especially in something like that. That's you know, um, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a run and shoot, but it's definitely a very quick production. Yeah. It's interesting, actually. I I looked into um, one of the movies uh, on this lineup that I actually really, really enjoyed was um, Ghost in the Machine. And I just did just a bit of brief research into it. um, And they lost a lot of money. They lost like $7 million on on that movie. Um, I was really surprised by that because I I thoroughly enjoyed it. You didn't think they spent $7 million on that movie? (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, they, they spent um they spent 12 million on it and they only got five back and i was like dang that's actually a really good movie in my well, opinion but rotten tomatoes gave it 10 or 11 percent yeah there's 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 something there's something to that as far as what you could do on the back end so it's box office when it first released probably only mm. saw that but there is that there is still life for technically because on DVD sales yeah. or on residuals, whatever store picks up and continues to play it, there is still a generation there. So yeah, yeah. over time um, it may actually it may actually break even, but it may take ten years for it to do it. Yes, yeah. It says here that that it's by the end of the run it grossed uh, five million dollars. So yeah, the first uh, opening on uh, the opening weekend was nearly two million dollars, which actually isn't bad for. For you know a smaller movie, I guess. Like, but yeah, damn, they would have lost a lot of money. I'd say it would be hard to recoup, you know, seven million bucks over the years. But I, I was surprised it was made in nineteen ninety three. Actually, I thought quality was really good. <laughs> but yeah, in a, in a in a film like in a film like this first one, this anthology, um, if you can attach somebody to it, if you can, like, if your production company happens to be like, hey, we've also got our you know our fingers over in this one. Maybe we can sneak over uh, a big name and we can throw it in here. So mm-hmm. that that always helps. And you can pretty much just go pretty much just go word of mouth. But uh anthologies are really, really cool like that. You especially when you bring in multiple mm-hmm. directors. That does happen sometimes. You get mm-hmm. a taste of different directors, different directorial styles, different groups that come yeah. together like that. And I love I love it when that happens because it adds it definitely adds a bit more variety to what you're watching and yeah. gets everything fresh. Bit of flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I like my fa- my favorite non horror anthology was Four Rooms. Oh god, that movie's so amazing. <laughs> it's so great, yeah. <laughs> Eli Roth is the I mean Eli Roth. Tim Roth, fucking idiot. <laughs> Tim Roth really glues Yeah, that's a big fuck up. But uh, Tim Roth really glues that whole movie together. This so way when Quentin Tarantino is explaining that shit to him, he's just <laughs> he chops a finger and just fucking takes off with Wham! the money. Take the money and walk the fuck <laughs> Yep, that's so great. Uh, speaking of, so this is our call to action to the audience. What is your favorite horror anthology? Let us know in the side chat, or if you're watching this post uh, or listening to it on the podcast, you can email us at uh, weekendhorror at gmail.com. So let's, uh, uh, real quick, so Eugene, what is your favorite horror anthology of all of, all of them? What's the one that you go back to? Oh, the one I'd probably go back to is probably Cat's Eye. Oh God, it was so good. I was, that was I, I like all the stories in it. I like to, even though the frame narrative is just a cat, and I like to, I just like Stephen King as a whole. Yeah, so I would go Cat's Eye. That's one comes to mind. Sweet. What about you, Johnny? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Twilight Zone. Um, uh, Twilight Zone the movie. I don't know. 
Yeah. You want to see even though it was retellings. Really <laughs> Dead for me, it's, um, my favorite horror anthology is the Willies because it's the only one I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Sir Little Wolf. Sir Little Wolf is in the chat. Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy of Terror, yeah. And I was also thinking uh, uh, Tales from the Hood, the first one, not the second or the third one. Oh, there you go. Very nice, very nice. I still have a very, very dear to my heart love i have a deep love for uh tales from the dark side that yeah. was actually going to be my second yeah, choice Tales from the dark side that that anthology was amazing it, it fit perfectly with the show itself the effects were uh, the effects were amazing especially the black hat episode so great and i, I mean i loved all three of them and of course you know little danny uh what was it uh jo jo joey or joey lawrence was it young joey, joey lawrence yes <laughs> <laughs> I freaking loved it. So yeah, that's what I, I go back. Whenever I when I see it, I was like, oh, I'm watching this shit. So yeah, definitely good stuff. Damn it, basic trigonometry. Let me go get my hat. Does Johnny O look like he has go go? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, for those who are be listening to the audio of this, Johnny O typically has a Texas Rangers ball cap that he wears. He is not currently wearing it. And he does kind there. of look like he does. What was that? What was that baby character that just had the <laughs> the, the hair and the spots? Anyway, um, but yeah, I'm assuming he's going to go get the tap now. I fixed it. He kinda there looked, it goes. He kind of looked like Krusty the Clown. Johnny, you kind of look like Krusty like the, the fucking underpants. You look like Krusty underpants. All right, Krusty the Smegma. Um, <laughs> you look like Krusty Nathan Thompson's best friend. Ooh. Eugene, oh, what do we have up next, man? Hey, fast, fast. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Actually, actually, the next one is yours. It's oh, yours, yeah, Dale. Yeah, sorry, I, I actually moved. Who's fucking up the script now? Yo, you got two <laughs> fuck ups tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I only had one Scott fuck up. Free. It was oh, just a right, really right, big yeah. fuck up. To our next movie, yes. Yeah, so, uh, released. God damn it! If I could fix my fucking shit. Oh yes, released December 29th, nineteen ninety three. We have the techno horror film Ghost in the Machine. Uh, I know that uh, Irish Demon really, really enjoyed this one. Directed by Rachel Talalay and written by William Davies and William Osborne, starring Chris Mulkey, Ted Marco, Rick Dukeman. Oh, miss him. He was so funny. And Karen Allen. Yes, yeah. uh, Marion Raven, uh, Ravenwood from uh, the Indiana Jones series with red hair. It was interesting to see that. Uh, all started in this little techno thriller about a serial killer who, on his way to kill Karen, uh, Karen Allen's character, uh, winds up crashing his car in the rain because it's storming outside, crashing his car, well, gets picked up, taken to the hospital, stuck in an MRI machine, and through the magic of evil lightning, the whole place is struck by lightning, and he's he dies in the MRI machine, and his consciousness, his soul, is transferred into the computers, where it then proliferates and utilizes like electric, you know, audio, I guess, broadband connections to get into uh, places and kill people with in the most ridiculous of manners. Just some of this, <laughs> the fucking hand warmer, the the hand dryer in the bathroom turned into a flamethrower. Yep, <laughs> that was so cool. I, I actually didn't expect that shit because he's just like he survived the car, he survived all this, and all of a sudden he's like, "Okay, I'm coming." Boom! 
Wham! Flames. So, but yeah, yeah. Killer proceeds to kill everybody because he's called the the address book killer. So he'll 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 stalk somebody and steal their address book, kill everyone in their address book, and then kill them. Horribly inefic- inefficient serial killer. But that's it what does seem done. like you have to have an address book, which means that you wouldn't do so well nowadays because people don't really yes. carry them things. You could have like a contacts on your phone, but people have like two hundred contacts Screen on their locks? phone instead of like, know, right? Yeah, yeah. And it would be easy for him to like find everybody because of like tracking on social media, like Snapchat. You can see where everybody is, so you just yeah. he, he could get it all banged out in one night, no problem. Just go like just all night long. <laughs> well, so, so you can like you can unlock their phone if they have like a th- the thumbprint or the facial recognition. Exactly. So when they're dead, you can pull the phone up to their dead face. Like open an eye. The one big thing that I found super interesting about this one is that everybody remembers when they were doing the kind of like the the view, the viewpoint, traveling through the kind of internet, the, the, the I guess the computer environments, you know, when mm-hmm. you're like uh traveling through that shit. And it looked almost identical to another film, which is the film Hackers. And Hackers actually, you know, or this movie predated Hackers, so we could see. And I love that we can see the progression of the technology of actual CG, of actual uh, computer-generated technology as it was progressing. So this was an early one. The one thing they knocked out of the park, which I was really impressed by, because this was 1993, and facial mapping technology, basically taking an image of someone's face and wrapping it onto a wireframe uh, mm. to, to make it 3D in virtual space, that wasn't very good at the time because we're looking at like PlayStation 1 graphics here. And it was surprisingly Hey, well PlayStation worked. 1 graphics were the shit in 1991. I was quite impressed. I was quite impressed by this. But we handed this one. This one was a little bit more extreme, a little bit more violent, some, a little bit more like gruesome kills in this one. Uh, Irish Demon, what did you think? What was your takeaway? I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I, I thought the imagery was really good. Like the... Quality was obviously way way higher in this in this show. Um, the car crash scene was crazy. The way he was laughing as he went down the embankment is so creepy, man. He flips the car and is sliding on the roof of the car, like yeah. And he's like, ah. and I'm like, this guy is awesome. And there's one like chilling moment where the kid goes to open the book, and he's like, don't touch that. You might get shocked, and I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking terrifying." But I like um, the. I actually, the, my favorite murder scene of the whole lot is the the one where they find the guy with his neck cut and all the blood, and he punches the the, the photo frame and takes the photo out and puts it in his book. And what I thought was really cool about that, how on each page there was still like fresh blood on all of those pages. I just thought that was really, really cool. Yes, I, I really enjoyed that part. That was pretty epic. And then the microwave part was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> the microwave scene, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're looking at it because a, a lot of us are, are also where, you know, we do content in the debunking community. So we look at it from a scientific angle. You got to wonder what the fuck the electrons were doing in that kitchen. Just in order to get that to happen. In order to get that effect. It's electrostatics. Well, it was like the microwave opened, like as it exploded open, and then the whole room turned into a microwave. Yeah, exactly. It was like yeah. it was projecting microwaves out but at, at like NORAD levels, like fucking take, take out a satellite kind of fucking. Like, here's the thing, right? 
I don't know where he got his microwave from. I don't know where this guy got his microwave from, but my microwave can't even defrost ice. I mean, it is literally useless. I want whatever he had. How the I mean, like, how the fuck did it? I mean, that that's like uh, what's that? Like I don't even know how many watts. I'm not even gonna try to guess. All I know is like he turned the he turned. It's not the watts. It's, it's the, the amperage. But he turned he turned a basic kitchen microwave, right, which wasn't even that complex, into a fucking directed microwave weapon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, like military grade. It took 15 minutes to cook these popcorn last night, and I'm like, hold on a second, this guy's just a, and everything yep. in the room just gets fried, and I'm like, I can't even make myself a hot pocket because it takes so fucking long. Uh, I would be quicker going out and picking my own potatoes. I'd have to go, like, it would be quicker for me to pick my own potatoes and skin a chicken than it would to actually cook something in my microwave. Well, at least we, well, we can be certain that uh, he probably was still ice cold in the center. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just face melted off. Because even, like, yep. he, so he goes to, and, it, like, after it opens, because usually microwaves have that shut off, so as soon as you open it, it, like, shuts off completely, but somehow it opens, explodes in his face, electricity goes through, like, pots and pans and stuff like that hanging around, and, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, loud. It I'd say it was somewhat, uh, somewhat scientifically inaccurate. Um, <laughs> just, just, a just a hair, just a hair. I think, I think when the when the the hand dryer in the bathroom like turned into a flamethrower. <laughs> <for something. laughs> yeah, like, where did the fuel come from? Where did the fuel come from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. In, order, like, what in order to simply blow the heat like flames out of the thing, then it would be have to be like like. Sun temperatures, like Kelvin. <laughs> yeah, like you had to create fusion. Yeah, it was and <laughs> because it's yeah. like, it's not like this thing warmed up and then all of a sudden blasted him. No, he literally hit the button. He turned the nozzle to face him. Why? I guess I don't. I guess he was turned like normally you have your hands under it, but yeah. he like turned it up. Don't we all dry our faces with a fucking hair? He like, turned it up to face him, and then he hit the. He just hit the button. And yeah, like fucking aliens, and then he was toast. <laughs> I'm I am now afraid to use a hairdryer. Like I mean, I'm sure we all like use the hairdryer to dry the boys, like after a shower or whatever. But, I'm afraid uh, to never... use my dishwasher. Did you see how much water came out of? Oh my dishwasher? god! <laughs> that was unbelievable. That might explain why the sea levels are going up. Oh wait, no, that'd be the other way around. And then, and then he, he changes the words of the dishwasher to like you know, you know what is it? Agitate. Angela yeah, and yeah. watches together, and Angela's like, agitate, agitate. <laughs> the fucking dishwasher is jumping around like a Dalek. <laughs> it made me think of when you have anime characters killed, and they have like gallons upon gallons of blood. Yes. Like they were like, amount of blood there's no reason this person should have so much blood on it <laughs> I, I, I work i work in maintenance and i'm sitting here i'm watching this friggin dishwasher i'm like okay so the dishwasher's leaking soap now well that means she put soap in it instead of dishwashing detergent but it's now it's pouring out and then all of a sudden the fucking you know the water starts spreading all i was like how much water is in this damn thing all the water starts spreading all over the floor, and obviously it's setting up for her to get electrocuted. And well, doesn't doesn't uh, wouldn't it run until it hits the fill point? Like the little yeah, sensors that says we're full. Eventually, in a point, there is, yes, there is a shut. There is a point where it will shut off. But apparently, he turned yeah, it off with his he turned that off with his magic 
uh, electric electrostatics. Electrostatics. Yeah, electrostatics. There you go. And I um, <laughs> then, then the dishwasher, the dishwasher explodes. And I, I, I guess it was a. I don't fucking know. The the valve must have been the size of the fucking dishwasher itself. Because would it's it be a, fair to say that um, we might be slightly looking into this too much? When he when he starts screaming, answer a question. Yeah, go ahead. In uh, in uh, the chat, Jessica G says. Um, Men use hair dryers to dry off their scrotum. Well, in my case, it's scrotums or scrotite. Um, but yeah, sometimes you got you have use more than one sack, dude. You <laughs> might want to get that looked at. I have a string of sacks. Doesn't everybody? Anyway, get that looked at. We'll talk about that later. Check out my OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got caught. I got caught drying my balls with a hair dryer. The missus asked me, "What are you doing?" Apparently, heating up your dinner was not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, my back still uh, hurts from the couch. Uh, so, so I have to. So I have to say that that despite that, this was 1993 when this came out, and yep. obviously the CGI was not that advanced. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. When when he starts like streaming himself into reality, and then you know, like using the wireframe to put himself together, and then mapping himself onto it to, to you know. I thought you know, it was like I, okay. This would have been, this probably would have looked really really sweet. You know, twenty years from now when they go uh, when they you know like in the late two thousands they could have done something really cool. They do the best of what they can. You know, this is what it was. But unfortunately, the techno I think what hurt this one and, and uh, Irish mentioned it that the film did not make a ton of money. You know, on the back end. It, I mean, it's you know, I mean obviously I rented the film so I gave him some money. But uh, five million dollar loss. It's pretty epic, especially for one with some at the time were some you know high B roster and you know low A roster actors in it, and uh, just because I think Techno Horror was on the way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you, you had a couple that came out, and um, but with, with Techno Horror, it just kind of came and went really fast. Because usually when you have genres, genres will go through. So you you have a genre, you'll have the pro well, genre. Bad. Yeah, it was just something. It was something. I don't feel like CGI and filmmaking techniques were able to accurately really showcase what people were trying to do. Right. Because like we were talking about with the wireframing of where he came out, it looks bad. Yeah. And maybe maybe if it was something like maybe if this genre came out 10 years later or 15 years later, but the problem is, is people are focusing more on the internet. Yeah. Internet and AI and all sorts of stuff. I think so the big just, thing, the, I think the big thing that may have hurt it was because you know if you, let's if we go all the way back let's jump all the way back to when the the leaps in leaps in major technology were not that quick they 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 came typically every like I would say probably ten to twenty years so there was a period of time when you know before nuclear power then all of a sudden you know we get you know, World War Two nuclear power the the horrors of the of the atomic bombs and then all of a sudden we get the you know, radiation does, you know, mutates things. It changes DNA. It's like this. Ooh, then we get the, you know, the, 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 the nuclear monster, giant ants, giant lizards, giant mm-hmm. spiders, like that. You know, with that, that, that yeah. kind of, so that technology, the, the birth of nuclear warfare gave birth to the nuclear monster genre. I mean, all, you know, kaiju films, all that Godzilla. That's, we got, we got that one. Uh, Sir Little Wolf is chastising. I said, no speak on Lawnmower Man. We're not there yet. 
Uh, well, but that but is then, part of that whole techno horror yeah. thing. And then with, with but but uh, technology began to ramp up so fast that you can only just so the internet was a big scary thing. And so there were a bunch of like internet horror films, like you don't know who you're talking to. Uh, the person who uh, you may not be able to see them, they might be able to see you because you don't know the technology that well. And uh, Longmore Man fell more into like the idea of, of like when virtual reality was beginning to become a thing. Unfortunately, that was about the time that like the that, no lawnmower man actually came out a year before Ghost in the Machine. Yeah, it was nineteen ninety two. But yeah, I yeah. Mean, the, the big, it was the, the same thing, kind of same kind of techno horror though. But the big the, the biggest advent in virtual reality at the time was the kind of same structure we saw in Ghost in the Machine, where it was like a big platform. You're strapped in, and then you have the big helmet on, and you're pretty much just moving like this. Before yeah. that, it was pretty much the Virtual Boy. The, the the migraine inducer. Yeah. So you're talking about the red, the little red thing that you put on a desk and. Well, no, it, it, it was a little, it was a little helmet thing with a little. Red yeah, yeah thing no, he's there. right. Eugene's right. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. so, yeah, we utilized the idea of virtual reality and the kind of unknowns of that, but technology began to ramp up so quickly that I don't think the film genre that that the subgenre could catch up with it. They couldn't dump enough movies. Because as attitudes towards online communication, uh, the internet itself, the kind of unknowns of that, as this whole new era of technology was opening up, wireless communication, like that, I mean, how yeah. you know, when cell phones came out, everybody has a smartphone, then we got a smartphone war. So as this continues on, it just, I don't think they were able to pump out enough movies, and I think it came out a hair too late, because by the time this came out, technology had already advanced beyond this. Virtual you reality know the best. Crap, but it already, it still looked better than what we saw in this movie. The best, uh, the best scary-ish type film dealing with technology was The Net, and that wasn't even really a scary. It was a thriller, but not a scary, scary movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it didn't. They were ahead enough that when people started watching it, it was actually really relevant at the time because it touched on growing fears about the dangers of the internet, what it could do and how people could, you know, hack this, that and the other and crash an airplane and make somebody else completely disappear and all that shit. Yeah. Like yeah. in 96, the movie hackers, they did that. Exact yeah. Same and you thing. had hackers. Yeah. 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 Which is first of all, personal favorite. I love that movie growing up on top of it, but also at the same time, it takes an average of two years to make a feature yeah. from like, I'm going to write a script. It hits the theater about two right. years. So if you're writing about something that's current, it may be dead and gone by the time the film actually comes out. Mm. Yep. That, that that happens. That's why you have these trends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As, soon as, it, as soon as the film hits, your, your, your technology's already surpassed that. So when hackers hit, they were, they were lighting over like a million colors on the you know, a million colors and a 28.8 BPS motor. By the time that film actually hit, they were already, I think it was already two gens past that. Yeah. But right. you know, it was a laptop. So wow, that's kind of cool because it's a laptop, it's a portable one. And but a million colors is like, uh no, because Super Nintendo does 16. So, you know, there was it, it was kind of like that. And I don't think that well, Techno Horror had kind of a had, had a moment when technology was not ramping up every like, you know, five years or every two years. Because nowadays, it's every, like, year, there's, like, a brand-new upgrade to our cell phones, and I've got to look at upgrading my computer every six freaking months. There's no yeah. way that, that, that no way the, sh- the, the subgenre, and what Eugene mentioned, the logistics of making a movie, there's no way that that could keep up, that it could keep up. It's got to move on to the next thing. Otherwise, it comes Well, but here's the thing. So, 
here's the thing, and that, that a lot of these like tech technology based movies that they're doing is they are are looking at they they recognize like filmmakers or people who write this they recognize how quickly this stuff happens, so they're able to um, keep that in mind when they go to write their films, and they're able to maybe not necessarily predict what's going to come out, but they have a, a decent idea. Like right now. Uh, we've got, you know, oh, we got iPhone 12, whatever the bullshit is out now. And then we know in two years it's going to be something new and something snazzy. So we can take what we know and the trends that have happened and we can build on that. So they're getting a little better when it comes to being a little more in line uh, when they come out of current fear and whatnot. Like if you look at Invisible Man, uh, yes. that's a, a good example um, of taking – and that's a huge leap, right? So we don't exactly have that stealth-ish type technology out, but it's something that could happen. I've we could figure that out. Free. You know what I mean? Like, I, felt, I felt about that one like I felt when I first saw I when I first saw Iron Man. First time I was like, "Holy right. shit, Iron Man is possible!" Like it's possible to build yeah. a suit. Um, the only difference is, yeah, I was like, wait, when you suddenly realize, no, going at mock speeds and all of a sudden stopping, he would be paced yeah. inside that can. There's no such thing yeah. as an inertial. There's no such thing as an inertial dampener. Uh, that's Star Trek, but uh, but yeah, like like Invisible Man, that that blew my mind. So I was like, oh, he used some serum to do. It's like, no, it's a badass military suit that makes you undetectable. And it was like, oh, that was so impressive. That that suit was pretty badass. Yeah, that that, that yeah. suit is pretty badass. Oh, I guarantee, but- I guarantee you, there's a military, there's a think tank somewhere, a military group somewhere that's looking into that to see if it's possible. Oh, they, of they've course. Been trying to do that. They've been trying to do that. They've been trying to do that for decades. Yeah, absolutely, but the the one that's why Eugene is black. About, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Eugene. The one I go to, we talk about like failing trends and everything like that. Is Saturday Night Fever uh, when they actually went and shot and edited everything like that, and the director had it in the backseat of his car. He drove past an eighteen wheeler, and on the side of it, it said, "Disco is dead." On his, on his way to the premiere, and he's like, "Did I, is this this movie's gonna flop? Disco's done, and we just invested millions upon millions of dollars of film that's in the backseat of my car. I think mm-hmm. it's done. And the movie was successful, but it's hard to predict. Yeah, chasing trends is very very dangerous, especially in the filmmaking when nothing is guaranteed. You are, no matter how popular it might be, you're not you're not guaranteed to make." A return, as we've seen right now, you never know what's going to happen, especially with the the current situation, the log alert, the log alert going on. You tell, yeah, you put out a freaking movie. We see everything going pretty much going digital now. They're trying to eke it back to the theaters, but that's kind of it. I mean, you know, they're going going full digital releases nowadays, or to try to get you know, get that ROI. Is going to the theaters now? No, the box office is not going to be there. So. But I kind of dig it. I like not having to go to the theater, pay twelve dollars for you know a freaking large soda just so I can watch a movie. No, I like you, the cool new kind of digital release thing. I'm I'm fifty fifty on it. Like I understand the convenience, and I hate the fact that theaters are like stupid expensive because for two people it's like fifty bucks. But at the same time, I like the ability to escape. And the be you can watch movies without distractions. I think so many people they'll throw a movie on while they're on their phone and they're on the computer, so they're only half paying attention. Yeah. Versus being able to sit and focus and really enjoy a film the way it was intended to be watched. Yeah, I, so there are certain movies that I would specifically. I never went to the theater a lot um, 
in my 20s and early 30s, even now. There were certain movies, though, that I made sure that this is a movie I'm going to take the time to go see in a theater, you know, like the Star Wars films or uh, I can't even remember the last outside of Star Wars. I don't remember the last movie. I said, man, I have to go see it in the theaters. Everything else, like, fuck it, I'll wait till it comes out on DVD or free television or whatever and watch it there. Um, but, yeah, I like the I, I do, you know, like having that. Uh, spe- you that well, man, because of the experience of going to the theater, you know what I mean? Um, it, it, it is a fun experience. I do, en- I, I do enjoy it. I, I think I, I will enjoy it in the future when we can go back to the theater safely. Um, but I have to admit, I really dug Keanu, you know, queuing up the Invisible Man, queuing up the Hunt. Uh, I'm gonna watch you know, Love and Monsters, uh, just queuing these films up in the privacy of my own home. I can I can have my own food. I don't have to pay exorbitant prices in order to have good, you know good food while I'm at the theater, like a studio movie grill or anything like that. I can I don't have to worry about people you know on their phones, people talking. I can't tell you one of the because I don't go to the I never went to the movie theaters often, but when I did it was for a big movie. So like I went to go see you know The Dark Knight, and wound up having to almost smack three people because they couldn't get off their fucking phones. They couldn't be yammering while Heath Ledger's yeah. trying to get one of the performances I've ever seen. So. The, this, the respect for it is just not there anymore. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, this Having talked about this, Techno Horror, I will say this. Uh, Sir Little Wolf said, you mean it's better than Hollow Man? And yes, the new Invisible Man is way better than Hollow Man. Although Hollow Man <laughs> in its own right, it was. I mean, Hollow Man did have Kevin Bacon in it. Yes, Kevin Bacon does can make a good... I mean, Kevin Bacon's a solid actor. I enjoy watching him. And I like what he what he can bring to a villain. I like it when he goes dark. And yep. Hollow Man was solid. He starts off, you know, kind of like the egotistical asshole, and then turns into a fucking slasher. So because he went insane because of you know yep. the drugs they were giving him, whatever. But I enjoyed Hollow Man. I liked what they did with it. It was a at the time he it went came insane out, because he he was drunk on power. That's why well, he went insane. True. Well, I think there were number. I think also you know not being able to to really sleep because he could see through his eyelids. And so, with the light and everything, yeah. you know, fucking with his sleep schedule, I think it was a, a number of stress factors. But I liked, I really dug it because what they were able to do with green screen technology in that, I thought was very impressive for the time that it came out. That that mm-hmm. really was kind of like, oh shit, they can they can really, especially when they they have him green screened out, and then of course when they put the latex on him, and you can see the back of the latex mask through the front of the latex, you know, through the eye hole. I was like, that's yeah. pretty impressive shit. So. Really, really good stuff there. So I got to ask. I want to ask the uh, the listeners, um, and probably you guys, what is y'all's favorite tech horror? Like techno horror of all of them that, that come out. What is your favorite? What's the one that we, the one that always draws you back? You see it on, and you want to watch it again. Uh, let us know in the chat comments or hit us up. We can horror at gmail.com. Um, Eugene, what's your favorite tech horror? Ooh. Probably, <laughs> I don't know why Cry Wolf just jumped, jumped popped my mind. I was like, let me think of a good one, and then Cry Wolf popped in my mind. Uh, it talks about the internet and everything like that. Oh, I maybe, I maybe have to go come back to me. I'm thinking about it. I, I don't come to me. I have no idea. You have what? I, I, have one. <sighs> I think I know what yours is. I think I know what yours is. Go ahead, it's well, not I, what you think. 
What do you got? My Irish? favorite tech horror is um, the tech horror of PhD Tony and Professor Phil Bell trying to figure out how to use OBS. That was a tech <laughs> horror right there. That's just what mean. Do we, what do we got? What do we got? Let's get okay, well, these boys. Okay, my favorites is is motherfucking killbots. Okay, aka, uh, AKA, we talk, we talk about this yeah, yes, aka chopping, yeah, chopping mall. Okay, chopping people call mall, it chopping yeah. mall. It is also called killbots. I call it killbots because I think it's an awesome name. Um, I love that one. That was that. That is my all-time favorite tech horror. Uh, we, so what's what's we got in here in the chat? We've got while well, these you know idiots are thinking about it. Uh, Sir Little says virus was fun, and virus was a decent little film. Not something amazing, but the, what they did as far as the puppetry goes with the with the uh, the kind of amalgamation of you know the robot because it was the, the evil lightning came from space and turned all the robots sentient or whatever like this but it was making all these robots combinations out of like humans and technology that was kind of cool I really dug that it was almost yeah like weirdly transhuman I kind of dug that uh, Jessica G says Pulse was pretty good Pulse was the one does, yeah. yep does uh, does uh, Stepford Wives count. Separate wives does count, yes, because those go. were those were you know uh, replicants of their wives. Pulse um, yep. was the one with Kristen Bell about you know the ghost trying to come through you know broadband technology. Uh, just because he also says Demon Seed was pretty solid, and it was it was also a very very good one. Uh, have you Can guys confirm. come up with one? Eugene, I thought you would say oh. like Ter- yeah, you love Cameron. I thought you would say like Terminator or something. Oh, see, see, I had uh, was it Tietsu? The Tietsuo Bullet Man oh, that came with Tetsuo. Yeah, Tetsuo Bullet Man. Tetsuo, the, the Bullet Man. Nice. Very cool. The Wild Ride, And Johnny? I said Stepford Wives. Oh, Stepford Wives. Okay. And Jeff Roberts in the chat says Videodrome. Yes. Cronenberg. Mm. There we go. Because we got, you know, like, you know, Abdomen vaginas to put VHS tapes in. VHS tapes in. Yep. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty horrifying. God, what did I miss? Oh, uh, <laughs> we have good, okay, uh, David Irish, you are not ready for the Cronenberg shit that we can throw at you. Oh, hold on, you, you I know what? Yes, he is. Vagina, so I am there. I am fucking there. No, you're you're not. You're right, not nope, there. Nope, nope, don't. Nope, nope. He's asking for it. He's asked for it. He has asked for the pea soup. We will serve him the pea soup. Jessica G, Let's you think it. you can stream Videodrome for Irish Demon to watch? I think I think Jessica G can set that up. You there are you a go. fucking treat, dude. Let's uh, do right. it. He's, he's going to come back and be like, "I don't want guys. I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> he's going to come back. He's going to come back like Jay Bruchel did from the uh from knocked up when he you know uh, snuck I into the freaking birth room should have gone back there should have gone don't go back there <laughs> tell me you won't go back there <laughs> yeah sir little wolf says show him rabies i can show him rabies i could show him uh raw uh audition ichi the killer there's a number of things that we could yeah. go through the happiness of the kataguris <laughs> yep irish you are going to leave mentally scarred most That's likely. okay. I'm already fucked up. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is true. All right. Oh, so you, uh, just oh, no, says, we, we, what about the Ethan Hawke movie? Would that be considered one? I blanked on the name of the Ethan Hawke movie. Uh, Sinister? I think she might be talking about Sinister. Sinister? Really? Or, would that be or, a... I mean, there's that. I mean, it has the tapes in there, like, like, you know, like the, the, the beta, the home movies, everything. 
Uh, maybe I don't think she's talking about because even then you would start thinking like the ring or something like that that would fall in that category. That's true. Uh, unless she means day. Oh yeah, she is talking about sinister for a second. I thought she might okay. be talking about daybreakers, uh, which is a vampire film. Right. All right. So we've got our next film coming up, and Eugene, you've got it, and I'm so glad I gave you this one. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love the shit. I love setting the shit up. Hey, NANA has joined the live chat. So good to see you, NANA, one of our amazing patrons. Thank you, sir. What's up, uh, Annie? Good to see you. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. Oh shit! I'm gonna get. I always kind of read it as like nah, 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 nah. You didn't say the magic word. <laughs> you'll never get this you'll never get this na, 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 na. Anyway. <laughs> all right eugene, some of you are there all right. that. eugene what do we got so we have a movie a movie that's completely free on youtube <laughs> so we have a movie every, so every time every time we go we get the list of the films and i'm like i'll, I'll go and i'll rent or hulu netflix whatever and stuff like that i was like okay if I find it for free on YouTube, you know it's bad. I already know it. <laughs> you know it's bad. He's like he's like Ron Burgundy. Oh, this was a bad choice. <laughs> no, it was a bad choice. <laughs> Night feeders was a bad choice. Yeah. yeah. So we have it's... Night feeders that came out December 29th, two thousand and six. Right. There, there's not even a Wikipedia page for it. If you want to look at the no. There isn't. <laughs> There's barely an IMDB thing for this. Yeah, I think it's like two fucking it's I, yeah, the IMDB thing is photos, cast, and that's it. That's they it. Don't watch, most they don't watch the picture. <laughs> Jessica G says Night Feeders, aka Dale Jeb and Clee to save Murica. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> so you have it directed by Jet Eller, and it stars Donnie Evans and some other people. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you've never Fuck heard these the people before, and you want to hear about it again. The fact that they gave all they gave their all for these performances. Fuck the fact that they were really proud of this movie. There were some other people in it. Where yeah, there are some other people. Wait, Brent Gentile, Mike Montezita, Michael Ruff, I don't know and Kate the, Lee. I don't know who these people are. Exactly. <laughs> you know why I'm you don't sorry. know who these people are? Because they don't even know who they are anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, one of the images for this film is a DVD cover on IMDb. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> Nobody took still shots during production. Like normally no. a production has something that goes. And this wasn't this was a this was a mid two thousands movie. This is not like an old film. Yeah, it's only fourteen years old. Yeah, only fourteen yeah. years old. I um I just they were doing stills back then. To, um, I, I described this movie to JL as a porno without the sex. The music was there. The camera work was there. But, like, it was just, like, I was, like, when when are they going to start smashing? Because any video I've, like, you know, like, in the in the early noughties when I was, you know, a teenager and, you know, you you know. And, uh, you know, you get your hands on somebody's dirty old porno videos, uh, you know, with the cover stuck together. 
and um, you you know you turn it on and it's like uh, oh no we're all alone in the woods and then the monster comes out and starts you know doing dirty stuff and it's just like <laughs> where's where's the fucking but like you know all all aside right I thought um, uh, the direction was really clever in it because the way they hid the not so great monster suit or cgi or whatever way they did it i'm not sure the way they hit it was actually quite quite well done because with, i guess with a limited budget you're gonna you're gonna have to hide some of the inadequacies and i think they actually did a really good job of um of uh, not showing the monster too much but you know the story itself you could just swap that monster out for i don't know a Sam Squamsh or um, some other, yeah. some other random, you know, big, big cat or, um, and it just it seemed to me like all the other kind of um, running around the woods type movies out there. But um, I like the fact that um, again, though, like the hero ended up being this kind of Cletus type character, you know, not the most attractive looking man in the world. No disrespect to him, he got the girl, um, and yeah, I. I it was it was okay. It wasn't it wasn't awful. It just wasn't great. But um, like the first at the beginning where he's she's like, oh, our TV's gone off, and he's like, I'm just fixing this trick. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to be one of those kind of overacted <laughs> movies. The uh, I've got to say, the CGI at the start of the satellite being hit by the meteorite was incredibly good. I could not tell that from um, from that was the right budget. It was all. I'll tell you the, the thing that have been... the thing that shocked me, the thing that that, that struck me when uh, when I saw this come up, and I said we had to talk about it because earlier in the show, I think it was I think it was in season one, we actually talked about a film called Altered, which was the second film uh, directed by the director of the Blair, uh, one of the directors of the Blair Witch Project. So his second movie was uh, a film called Altered, which was first almost identical to this one. It was. Four friends, four kind of like redneck, down in the luck, trailer trailer trash friends who like to go out with guns and drink beer in the woods and try to try to hunt shit and whatever. Brett Cameron. And, and yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and they wind up they wind up capturing it. Basically, they go out. There's an abduction. One of their friends gets abducted. They all get abducted, but only uh, there's five of them. But only four of them survive. Or there's four of them. Only three of them survive. One one of their friends dies. So the next year. They go out there and they actually manage to capture one of the aliens uh, to get revenge, like revenge for their friend's death. And of course, everything goes, you know, to fucking shit. That movie was amazing. The alien was fantastic. The uh, the uh, the effects of what they uh, what they were able to pull off in such you know in such minimal because it's pretty much the trailer, the garage, and a couple other places. But that one was well acted, well designed. The story was strong, and the effects were really really decent. You know, this alien video being what it was, it was a vicious little shit in that one. And that movie came out, I shit you not, 10 days before Night Theaters came out. Same year. Same year, 2006. Alter came out 10 days before this one did. And it just goes to show the choices that you can make. If you put these two films upside to side, they are eerily similar. Was the eerily, was that done on purpose? Say again, say again, Eugene. But you can tell the difference in quality in the decisions. It's like the same premise. It's almost like you gave, say, you gave two directors similar scripts or almost identical scripts, and be like, all right, make a film, and then just showcase what you've got. Mm. And yeah, you can tell the difference. 
Now we'll say this: there is an appeal to Z-grade horror, which is definitely yes. what Night Feeders, Night Feeders. Who came up with that title? I guess because they feed at night. I guess. Yep. By the way, JL, I was clever, uh, right? waiting. I was waiting for my spot to give the appeal of Z-grade horror line. Oh shit! I'm supposed to kick it to you. Huh? I'm supposed to kick it to you. No, yeah, I kick it to you. No, a successful. What what makes successful Z-grade horror? That's mine. That one is yours. But you need to talk about. But the you appeal. talked about the appeal. No, I didn't. I talked about the comparison between the movies. Back it up. It's like a soccer game, and no one wants the ball. <laughs> yep. yep, exactly what's going on here. <laughs> so the appeal of Z-grade horror films. Yes, uh, Z-grade <laughs> horror films does have an appeal. As, as Sir Little Wolf yes. has said, I love bad horror movies. There does seem to be a draw to <clears throat> There really does. Um, there's a whole, I mean, there's like a whole, the whole cult following stuff, you know, when it comes to bad horror films. Uh, who was it? I think it was Daniel Radcliffe was on an episode of Hot Ones talking about how he'll go out and search for B um, or worse uh, horror films or B films or worse films just in general because there's, there's, a, there's a weird like passion project stuff that goes on with that. You know what I mean? Because you find these, mm-hmm. these, actors or directors or producers or whoever who've not really had the success and they they do things a little different which may be why they're they're shitty films but i don't know some of them some of them are like if you look at lloyd kaufman that guy definitely puts out good yeah Yeah. maybe maybe what's what's after z exclamation point Uh, i think when we get to like the the aa Oh yeah, then it's like okay. A-A if it goes film? to like AA, then it's like ZZ film, right? Like ZZ like Poultry Geist. Come on. <laughs> oh, that was but it's <laughs> great. Poultry it's, Geist is amazing. That, it's it, exactly right. I mean, it's that whole it's that whole idea that Lloyd Kaufman is making films that he wants to make, and I mean, he's doing it the way he a, wants to do it. When you got a character, <laughs> when you got a, a Mexican character named Taco Bell, yeah. And you've got a lesbian character named Arby's. Yep. Yep. For all the there's a visual element. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! It just hit me. I don't know anything about your American your American ways, your American foods and such. Mean nothing to me. But, uh, do, no, do you know why Arby's is called perfect. Arby's? Uh, I do not because the it's it's the it's the initials of what goes in their sandwiches, roast beef. No way. Yep. Did you just blow his fucking mind? You just blew my mind, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's amazing. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> We're informing so, the podcast. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to an Arby's, actually. There are. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's you're not much. No, if you do. If Sorry, you do Mrs. Demon. Ass, if you do, your asshole will be a horror show. <laughs> uh, I've been there. I've been there a few times. Um, yeah, like, I, I'm actually, I'm super excited to try, like, proper, proper American food. 
No, you're not. It's just a bunch of salt, sugar, and filler. Pretty much. Yeah. It's more chemical. It's more chemical than anything else. Yeah. Some of those chemicals taste delicious, though. They do. It's, it's true. true. Some of them are delicious. Yeah. So I, I, will, I, will, I will say, I will say, there for for the Z for the Z grade horror films, the really, I mean, so like like Johnny was, he was brilliant bringing it up like anything out of Tromaville. So you look at Toxic Toxic Avenger, Class of Newcomb High, Poultry Geist, yep. Tromeo and Juliet. Um, anything out of anything out of their camp, I would say. Anything out of the uh, Full Moon, the uh, Full Moon, I would say puts it like like yep. like Puppet, Ma- Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. Definitely Zior. I mean, they cast Corey yep. Feldman. What do you want? The Ghoulies, so, the Ghoulies, Hobgoblins, Troll. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. nah, Troll. I wouldn't call Z because Troll actually, you can see the effort they put in. Troll Two was definitely oh, Troll Two. Oh yeah, Troll Two was Zior. So, but there is. A weird, I mean, there, there are certain elements that make them successful. That uh, it's not just that there's just like this weird appeal. We have to see something so bad that it's good, um, or even something that's so bad we can see. Watching, watching actors, watching a director, watching everybody try so hard to fail so badly. You yeah. don't know if it's intentional. You don't know if it's not. So, but yeah, there, there is this really, really love for Z Horror but there are elements that make them successful. You have camera work that you see throughout the whole thing. It's either like excessive shaky cam or bad camera angles or overuse of things like Dutch angles and techniques like that. You have bad effect, you know, just overall cheesy, cheesy effects. Sometimes so cheesy, you gotta wonder if it was it was on purpose. So sometimes, and because I'm an avid film, I love bad films. I do, I love, I've seen Manos, Hands of Fate probably 20, 30 times. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I love showing I, that film with I, people. I'm Torgo. I watched the battle all the best of the way. Sir Little Wolf says Chud. Sir Little Wolf in the chat. He said Chud. <laughs> Bullet sound and effect manners. So they just make him out of focus. <laughs> um, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the one thing I, I love. I wish, I wish those big hands would just push him over. <laughs> I, but the, the one thing I love about, like, when you talk about these, like, Z-grade, bad, bad uh, films just in general is it's the shock value because you can't believe what you're watching. And so if you take, say, something that's, like, super, super grotesque and it's, like, the shocking element, like, you watch it for that shock, that's the same thing with the bad movie. Like, um, we're watching, for Christmas, we're watching some Samurai Cop. There you go. That film that we're watching for Christmas. And the part, the part where he's like, he speaks fluent Japanese. What does katana mean? Sword. Like it means you can't, Japanese that stuff sword. Is awesome. Yeah. You know, you know what it brings to it, it's, it's it brings awesome. my it really what brings my layer of the white worm. Layer of the wow, white worm. Nobody's seen that. Nobody's seen that but me. That's that's Wait, fucking didn't scary. didn't uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand do a, a spoof on that one? Not a spoof, but they they, they wasn't that one of their films? Oh yeah, that, that was covered in MC three K, but it was it was Hugh Grant's first movie. I mean, what was it called? The Lair of the White Worm. He just told you. Oh, yeah. that was the actual title. Yeah, that's the oh. title of the movie. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to start paying oh. attention, Eugene. Oh. Okay. A horrible title. <laughs> it's a horrible, terrible title. Yeah, well, I mean, take a look at so you got some, you got like new age Z horror. Like, look at Sharknado. Look how fucking popular that shit was. Oh yeah, definitely. There's five of them. Six. Um, and, and that's that's become oh, there's six now. And yeah. you're talking about the success of like Birdemic. Oh, that has gone. 
He's trying to make a Birdemic three. He's trying oh. really hard. And then you, um, and then of course, uh, uh, I dig what Full Moon does. There is some love for Full Moon in the uh, yeah uh, in the chat. Full Moon Entertainment. They're the ones that do the Demonic Toys series. They do obviously the Puppet Master series. There are some others that they do that sometimes they they do take their horror a little more seriously. They do produce some decent stuff, but there is their schlock. I mean, hell, there's like 19 fucking films in the Puppet Master series. I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's getting up. It's getting up. I there. think it's 15. I think it's, it's like 15. 15, but, they, but legitimately, seen, I think it's 15. It has seen a new uh, a new revival with uh, with the uh, uh, Puppet Master, the Littlest Reich, and now the Blade spinoff film. Like, yeah. how does the one puppet get a spinoff? I don't fucking know. But man, he's the most Moon, popular one though. Full Moon is going to explain is going to explore that shit. Uh, I, I, I mean, and of course, I think the Asylum also specializes because the Asylum works very heavily with sci-fi and a lot of their stuff premieres in sci-fi, like. Uh, what was that one? Piranha Conda? Uh, I've seen so many. It could be there's like three headed piranha and yeah. piranha. And the Amazon I, I know that there was, a, there, there was a three headed shark, a four headed shark, a five headed shark, a six headed shark, and a seven. I think. And then a seven headed shark. And I, think it's, I think it's a six headed shark. It's up to six. And then there's Sharktopus. Yeah. There's Ghost Shark. Ghost Shark. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's Irish there's, shark. Oh, he prayed. He, he <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of love for Z grade horror. So uh, I mean, it's always going to be there. I'm so glad that it's still around. Well, you know, we get stuff like you know, like humanoids from the deep. There's still individuals that are in that kind of Corman esque mentality. That I think want Irish is about bring, to fall out of his chair. That wants to bring us some of the best stuff that's out there. So uh, really, really dig it. Um, and Irish, did you mute yourself? I was like, I don't know. Irish. Can't hear you if you're talking. Irish Irish is muted. That's all good. That's all good. Eugene, what's our CTA? Oh, yeah. So, uh, speaking of Z grade horror films, and I actually want to ask the audience Zoobie. Somebody mentioned Zoobies. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, yeah. Zoobie and Zombie. Zoobies and Zombie Beavers. Yeah. Or was it? Yeah, it's just Zombie Beavers. Zombie Beavers. That was it. Zombie Zombie Beavers. Yeah. So I want actually I want to ask everybody what is your favorite Z grade horror film? Mine might have to be Zombies versus Navy Seals, and the <laughs> Navy Seals are horribly out of shape. <laughs> like the guys run up the stairs like out of breath. I'm like, I don't think he's a really Navy Seal type. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. no, you're good. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see here. I would probably, I would have to say. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to hear about your penis. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Johnny, uh, Johnny, what is your favorite Z-Or? Uh, I don't know. Pro- I don't, maybe, uh, probably Poultrygeist. Poultrygeist, sweet. Yeah. Mine, I'd have to say, is Cthulhu Mansion. And I know not a lot of people have seen that. Uh, I highly recommend you look it up. It's called Cthulhu Mansion. It's about a bunch of teenagers that steal some drugs and are running away from the drug dealer's partner. And they wind up hiding in this mansion where the owner of the mansion is attempting to summon the, the, the old ones and shit. It is so laughably bad. It is so terrible, but absolutely hilarious. So uh, definitely check that out. So Cthulhu Mansion. Uh, is, is definitely up there. 
Uh, Iris, you still muted? No. No, he's uh, he's good. uh, Okay, good. So Little Wolf says, one of the dead. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, for sure, Return of the Living Dead. Oh. I like Return of the Living Dead. I don't know if I'd call it a Z-grade horror, though. I actually wouldn't call it it Z myself. Oh, Jeff Roberts would say J.M. Truth zombie movie. Is that that's like triple Z. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking crazy. All right, man. Uh, Yeah. We got one more. Yes, let's close this out. We have one more. One more. Oh, yeah, that's me in it. Uh, So, 1987. (laughs) The best. best. Oh, this one definitely is the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've got Street Trash. It's an American black comedy body horror film directed by J. Michael Morrow. Um, let's see. Produced by, well, no, let's see. Directed by J. Morrow. Written by Roy Frumkis. Starring Mike Lackey, R.L. Ryan, and Vic Noto. Uh, so the owner of a liquor store in Brooklyn, New York, finds a case of cheap acidic booze, uh, generally called anything makes by McCormick. Yeah, it's NFL uh, Viper. Uh, it's more than 60 years old and has gone bad. I don't think that's how that works. But he sells it to some local hobos. And one of them who drinks it melts away in hideous fashion. That, that of him, he melts while sitting on the toilet. And yep, while on the toilet, yeah. So he's taking a shit. He's taking a shit. I have and been he's... there. <laughs> this is how I felt after the Reaper squeezins. I, 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 uh, I got it right here. This is this shit. Yeah, I know. Fun. I saw it over your shoulder earlier, and I was like, Ugh, "The memories." Oh man, <laughs> I uh, that was a melt horror. My ass was like a Japanese flag after that, man. So I got to so I got to ask. So, I gotta, uh, so Demon, this is obviously the most extreme of the movies I had you. Uh, we had you watch. Yep. And I know it I know was bizarre. Man. I know you have no experience with what is what, what is referred to as the the melt film, the melt movies. Yeah, so, none whatsoever. So give us give us your take. So uh, I I first of all I was like off the top I was like ah oh, that seems a bit much like you know <laughs> I don't know about you but does alcohol really go bad like not to the point where no. people melt to the fucking ground but no. It, it was the grossest one of the lot. Like when um, when the guy is up on the fire escape and he starts melting and his ass melts onto the floor and a guy just looks right up and gets it right in the grill. And the cop is like, the cop is such a typical 80s cop and a woman is coming over. She's like, oh, my God, help him. And he's like, stand back, broad. And it's like, oh, my God. This is so like. You know, it's just like, so what do we got here, Buck? And it's like, oh, Jesus, this is painful, man. <laughs> but um, it was just weird. <clears throat> yeah, the, the cop the cop irritated me. It was like, oh, man, it was, he, yeah, he was just too slapstick for my liking. But then you had the, the homeless vets and all that stuff. Um, that was that was pretty fun. That was like an interesting, I like dystopian type stuff. So that was pretty cool for me. Um but yeah, all in all, it was it was it was a bit slow for me. Um, I was really afraid that you were going to get the irk, the, the urge to irk. What's uh, that mean? The, the the urge to regurge. Oh, I I came close a few times. Like 
the, that part where the guy got it in the face, I was like, that is, <laughs> that's gross. Like, I don't mind scary stuff, but gross stuff really just, I can't do it. I don't know what it is. And like, in my, in my line of work over the last few years, like I've had feces thrown at me and other bodily fluids that one does not like to get thrown at them. Well, most don't like to get thrown at them. I'm sure We're some do. We're going to call you Agent uh, we're, I'm looking at Donald Trump here, like kind of, you know, pissing on a glass table kind of situation. But. Oh, so, <laughs> next, so next up for Irish Demon, Dead Alive. Yo, boy. <laughs> well, I, well, I will tell yeah, you, oh, exactly. fucking yep. hell. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, there is a glory kind of glory to Melt films. Now, Melt movies, um, sometimes you wouldn't even you you might not even classify them as horror i mean it's horrific watching the way people you know will melt on film yeah. the, the way they mm-hmm. melt people so i would say it does classify it's a deep subgenre because films like this are typically the the focus of the film is how we're going to melt people and story often takes a a very a very far back seat i know uh, to, to to the effects of what we're gonna do because so all the money is going to go into the effects just to get the most revolting kind of like you know, uh, response out of the audience now, some larger budget films, like The Blob, is a melt film, uh, yeah. especially the eighty-eight, the uh, the nineteen eighty-eight remake, because we physically see people getting, you know, like distorted, you know, like melted into the blob itself. But uh, uh, Cronenberg played a lot with this, with uh, the idea of people like morphing or like the, another major one was Society, it was a really, really gross one. But the, I think there's. There's something wild, and of course, watching people do this, watch this happening to the human body, there is a uh, a dark fascination with, and I guess, with human anatomy and the way we're put together, and seeing those things either coming out or liquefying out, or of course, in street trash coming out in a variety of colors, blues and oranges and yellows. Mm. Why these things exist, I have no fucking clue, and why it was like I take a sip and then it just happens, ah, and then I start falling apart, <laughs> or, or or as the one big fat guy did, he just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there is a kind of uh a kind of a, a appeal to it it's a much loved subgenre by a very uh, niche audience our niche audience so not a lot of people dig it because they can get really 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 gruesome just the way that we yeah. can yeah you know, what we can do uh to people and yeah you know, like iris said you know, almost made them sick to the stomach some, you know, there was some effect of that in the movie Dead Alive. I mentioned that earlier. You get to see some of the fact that you know, the like the humans, like the zombies, like like decomposing and blah, like that. But yeah, otherwise, uh, there's sometimes silly, silly fun. And uh, like I said, story kind of takes a backseat. So I think the film had, had elements of a mafia film, of a police investigation. Of it was so it was so strange. Like it didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah, it did seem. They to be just wanted to melt people. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the effect. I mean, that, that was it right there. I mean, like, why they, fuck they around? Just, that's they what really they wanted to melt people. Now, one of the things I do appreciate about this film is like the use of its practical effects, and yeah. they actually they went and though it doesn't seem as way, they put a lot of time and effort to designing this stuff. Um, so the person who was in charge of it, her name is uh, Jennifer Aspinell. And she actually did the special effects on Toxic Avenger also. Ah, okay. Um, that explains a lot. So you can kind of see some of the differences. And even like the first in the first meltdown scene, they ended up using four different locations and an oversized toilet to get that effect. So you get the of him in the yeah. toilet, yeah. 
so, so getting him and it's also it was a specially built oversized toilet that they ended up um using for it so they so they did put a lot of time and effort into crafting a lot of those practical effects because when you watch a melt film that's what you want to see yeah that that's exactly what you want to see now i know or that uh, I, I know that you know because people are going people are going for the effects people are going to get for going for the gross out but there's one thing that i did notice and i kind of wanted to talk about while we uh, uh yes yeah, sir little wolf the fly definitely goes in there especially when he's falling apart it's pretty horrific um the one thing that got me was it wasn't so much the fact that it's the you know, it's the the melt film itself or the effects of people melting and it being all disgusting and gross like when the chicken's like running her hands up into her chest as her you know tits are melting off um it was how fucking 80s this movie was and i'm not talking the good yeah. stuff i'm not talking like the lethal weapon good stuff of 80s or anything like that it was everything bad in the 80s I, it, it actually shocked me a little bit because being aware of what we are societally of what we are now everything that you could every negative stereotype of anybody was in this was in this film i mean you you they, there was swinging at 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 Feminism, racism, homelessness, police brutality, uh, homophobia, uh, derogatory imagery of uh, Vietnam veterans, uh, the mentally ill. And, I mean, and, uh, the what was the conversation, Eugene? Uh, what was the conversation that uh, the chick had when the when the guy had the shit on his face, and the the, the girl was like, "You have to help him." He's like, "Get out of the way, bro!" Or he's like, "Stand back, bro!" Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Stand back, you. So the like the guy is melting. Right there, blah, on the deal, and they stop to have a conversation about <laughs> what about what he might do. Did anybody else pay, uh, uh, come back and pick up on that? Yes, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It was one of my main pickups actually from the movie. He was more interested in telling the broad to get in her place than he was to actually help the fucking guy. Yeah, help the fucking it dude. was like. He's mentioned like why say so, you know, why why so, uh, could probably rape me and stuff like this, and then making off comments that this is the problem with feminism. So there was a mm. lot of really it wasn't then. I mean, obviously the eighty the the eighties were a different time. Um, mm. Yeah, but in this society today, this shit would not fly, what whatsoever. No, no. But even yeah. a oh, film no. like this, they're there to push the envelope. They, uh, that that's what it is. It's, we're going to show people melting, and we're going to show we're going to showcase these stereotypes. Because you, you can have stereotype people, and you can kill them off in a gruesome way, and no one feels bad. If everybody yeah. was nice and super friendly and got along and stuff, then you, you would feel bad for everybody. Oh yeah, he told he told her to go fuck off, and then he's melting like thirty minutes later. Like yeah, that guy deserves it because he said one mm -hmm. bad thing in his life. Let him melt away. Right. I mean, that's just that, that's how it felt. The legitimate to pay. Uh, well, I mean, and of course, you know, there was also the 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 gang rape murder scene um, by the homeless. You know, uh, the the chick that the uh, the protagonist brings home. Uh, there was just so much atrocious shit in this, and yeah. not oh, having anything to do with any kind of plot. I think they just threw it. I think Eugenia's right. In movies like this, they throw whatever they can at the wall. And make everybody completely and totally irredeemable, so that when yeah. we do see them melt, we cheer it on, and we really, really do enjoy it. Yeah, it's 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 funny. That's why I think every homeless person that melted in this acted like an asshole at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, 
either they treated the liquor store guy like like shit by insulting him or talking shit to him, or they attacked each or other, or they, or they beat somebody else up, or something of that right. nature. So it, it makes sense. So we can we can cheer along when we watch them dissolve into a you know a cornucopia of color. Hey, my camera keeps switching off. I'm not sure what's going on there. I might need to go out and back in again. Actually, uh, JL. Um, just FYI, I'm just down to my last half hour because I got to go pick up Mrs. Demon uh, at about twelve fifteen. So, just so you know, I'll be right well, back. Well, good. Well, that's the, because that's here we cool. are we talking actually, about. Uh, we can uh, jump straight to the CTA. What do you What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, that's where I was going. So, <clears throat> speaking of melt films, what's your favorite melt film? Easy Let us know in the side chat. Whoa, what he's muted. There? Who's muted? Love it when we're muted on the show. Who's muted? This is what happens when you're live. I know. Nobody's Johnny, muted. You are muted. I am not muted. Nope. Not Can't muted. I hear you? Well, I don't know why. John, I'm, like the, I'm like the fucking door knocker in Labyrinth. I'm telling you. <laughs> I was deeming your good. Uh, Johnny? Johnny? Yeah, you guys can't hear me? Well, meanwhile, as Johnny is trying to figure out how to mute or unmute that, um, what I actually I like to ask the audience: What is your favorite melt film? There's a there's quite a few of them out there. Uh, I mean, just people melting a lot of just straight up body horror films. What is your favorite melt film? Oh, Sir Little brings up the stuff. I'm gonna yeah, go they, they were, they were, everybody was able to hear me. Oh, uh, there you go. You guys. I've been talking. We heard you. Oh, no, we saw you. We saw you talking, you, but we could, none of us could hear you. Yeah. Oh, everybody else could. Oh, that was See, weird. everybody says everybody says they can hear you, except me. I mean, except you. <sighs> Technology. What are you doing over there? Uh, I'm not doing anything except running this show. <laughs> right ah, into a bridge sure. impugnant. Right, right into a right into a brick wall. <laughs> oh god, I wonder how that's gonna come out of the fucking audio. It's gonna be awesome. That's gonna be amazing. Holy shit. So yes, uh melt films, man. Melt films are fucking crazy. Some people have the stomach for them, some people do not. Uh I think I don't think Irish Demon has the stomach for this one at all. So uh, nope. So it's so good, so good to stick him in front of something really, really graphic. Uh, it's when when he eventually returns, we're gonna really fuck with him because now he's initiated. Now we're gonna now we're gonna dump some really gross shit on him. So All right, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, goddamn. So I think it's time because you know Irish Demon uh, is running is running low. So uh, we got to do our trivia question. Who's yep. ready to do the trivia question? I know I am. Do it. So do uh, it. Do it. Going. So this is for a limited edition Weekend Horror t-shirt and a Weekend Horror official coffee mug. Can I answer it? No, you can't answer it. You already have these things. (laughs) I have the mug. You want the t-shirt? You know where to get the t-shirt. I know. That's why I asked (laughs) you to to order so I could get the t-shirt. The trivia question. You're ready. I hope you were listening. I know PHG Tony was fucking listening. PHG Tony is 2-0 for trivia. Uh, trivia question: What horror film anthology released in 1990 and starred Christian Slater and Deborah Harry? I'll say it again: What horror film anthology released in 1990 and starred Christian Slater 
and Deborah Harry. First correct answer in the chat, in the live chat that we see, wins official Weekend Horror limited edition t-shirt and an official Weekend Horror coffee mug shipped directly to you. We'll get your shipping uh, details uh, afterwards. And just so whoever's first up there, come on. Who's got it? Who has it? You're not allowed to use Google. You're most certainly allowed. To we did mention it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you're re- you're relegated to the web crawler. Oh, <laughs> hang on, demon. The uh, the web crawler uh, was at uh, kind of like okay, whenever they were shooting movies, they didn't have the licensing rights to use like Google or or any other major browser. They would put up like a fake screen that was just designed, and it would say like web crawler on it or some shit like that. There Ooh, you go. Tina Jones. Tina Jones yep. with the correct answer. That movie is Tales from the Dark Side the movie. Oh, historical philosopher. Right on right on her tail. Tales Congratulations, Tina. Yeah. Tina Jones takes this one home. Tina, uh, weekendhorror at gmail.com. Shoot us, or you hit us up in the Discord. Shoot us your shipping details, and we will get you your official Webtoon Edition t-shirt and Weekend Horror coffee mug. Thank you so much. That was great. That was awesome. And oh, Dark Steve missed it. Blame team. Well, you should have been here, Dark Steve. But I know I'm going to see you over there in uh, the theater when Jessica G begins her next big ass horror marathon. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that should be really cool. So thank you so much. Congratulations, Tina. I cannot wait to see what we're going to give away next as we go into 2021. So man, we're going to give away. We're going to give away uh, one of Irish Demons extra scrotum sacks. Yes, I will be. They fall off like every couple of weeks. So um, I'll dry one out and send it to everyone. So, um, or if you need it urgently, you can get it in powdered form uh, from PhD Tony through our joined uh, OnlyFans account. Yep. You all know where to find it. Mm. <laughs> PhD oh, gives Lord. Irish the D Tony. Putting the D in demon. (laughs) There it is. Okay, go, Eugene. All right. Well, a huge thank you to Irish Demon for being the first victim of our abattoir. And before we close it out, is there anything coming up for you that you like to shill out to our audience? Um, I, I generally just put out kind of random content. Um, I, I usually put something out every day, uh, sometimes multiple times a day. Like yesterday was a huge day in the debunker kind of world. So I put out uh, about three videos yesterday. Uh, I'm actually doing a remake of some of my oldest videos that have like 20 views uh, to bring some of that stuff forward. So I'm doing a music uh, video uh, collection of beautiful flat earth music like themes and stuff like that that uh, Flat Earthers have put out over the past couple of months. Um, so yeah, that should be coming up um, in about eight or nine hours time. So I guess morning time, America time, I guess something like that. And yep. uh, yeah, I've got my Christmas stream on Christmas Day, uh, 9 p.m. Stray time. And uh, my mom is coming on the stream and maybe my brother as well, which would be awesome. So really looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, but thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Pleasure. And of course, to all our to our audience out there, the weekend or abattoir, we came up with this idea because with the stuff that's going on outside, schedules are very, very tight. Sometimes we can't we we weren't always able to secure an industry guest 
uh, for the show. But instead of trying to like scramble and put something together last minute, uh, we wanted to have a backup idea. So the Weekend Horror Abattoir will either alternate everyone's way. It won't be every single month, but we will fill it in if we cannot secure an industry guest to come onto the show with us. So uh, hopefully next month we will have that. But if, if we don't have an industry guest, we're putting someone else through the abattoir. We're going to grind them up Weekend Horror style. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned to that. Yes. All right. Well, that brings another episode of Weekend Horror to a close. Thank you all so much for listening, and we truly hope you enjoyed the show. As always, you can visit us at weekendhorror.net, where you can find links to all of our episodes, our bios, our merch store at Teespring, and of course, in your email for a permanent entry to win a mystery horror shirt every month. For more horror entertainment, be sure to check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Followers get our daily splatter, a bit of horror info every day, right to your feed. You never know what you may discover. We recently moved Weekend Horror to a live format, and we love to get your feedback. And of course, subscribe to our channel and hit the bell for the latest updates about the show. And lastly, if you truly love what we do here, and you like and are able to support our production, you can go through our PayPal or Patreon. We have Patreon tiers as low as $1, bonus and exclusive content, and horror films every month. Links to everything, including our new Discord community, where you can find film recommendations, trailers, trivia games, and even interact with us directly are below. But we know that these are trying times and things are extremely tight. And as simply liking and sharing this show to your local horror community is always the absolute best way to help us continue to grow. We appreciate each and every one of you for your continued listenership. Thank you so much. And I'm Eugene. I'm Johnny O. I'm JL, wishing all of you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a wonderful New Year. We will see you on the next, on the next episode. And as always, stay scared.